Hush! Again a forest and somebody up in a tree. Not Robin Hood. Not Valentine. Not the Yellow Dwarf. I have passed him and all Mother's Bunch's wonders without mention. But an Eastern King with a glittering scimitar and turban. By Allah, two Eastern Kings, for I see another looking over his shoulder. Down upon the grass, at the tree's foot, lies the full length of a coal-black giant, stretched asleep with his head in a lady's lap, and near them is a glass box, fastened with four locks of shining steel, in which he keeps the lady prisoner when he is awake. I see the four keys at his girdle now. The lady makes signs to the two kings in the tree, who softly descend. It is the setting in of the bright Arabian nights. Oh, now all common things become uncommon and enchanted to me. All lamps are wonderful. All rings are talismans. Common flower pots are full of treasure, with a little earth scattered on the top. Trees are for Ali Baba to hide in. Beef steaks are to throw down into the valley of diamonds, that the precious stones may stick to them, and be carried by the eagles to their nests, whence the traitors with loud cries will scare them. Tarts are made according to the recipe of the vizier's son of Busarah, who turned pastry cook after he was set down in his drawers at the gate of Damascus. Cobblers are all Mustafas, and in the habit of sewing up people cut into four pieces to whom they are taken blindfold. Any iron ring let into stone is the entrance to a cave, which only waits for the magician and the little fire and the necromancy that will make the earth shake. All the dates imported come from the same trees as that unlucky date with whose shell the merchant knocked out the eye of the genie's invisible son. All olives are of the stock of that fresh fruit concerning which the commander of the faithful overheard the boy conduct the fictitious trial of the fraudulent olive merchant. All apples are akin to the apple purchased, with two others, from the sultan's gardener for three sequins, and which the tall black slave stole from the child. All dogs are associated with the dog, really a transformed man, who jumped upon the baker's counter and put his paw on the piece of bad money. All rice recalls the rice, which the awful lady, who was a ghoul, could only peck by grains, because of her nightly feasts in the burial place. My very rocking horse, there he is, with his nostrils turned completely inside out, indicative of blood, should have a peg in his neck, by virtue thereof, to fly away with me, as the wooden horse did with the prince of Persia, in the sight of all his father's court. Yes, on every object that I recognize among those upper branches of my Christmas tree, I see this fairy light, 
when I wake in bed at daybreak on the cold, dark winter mornings, the white snow dimly beheld outside through the frost on the window pane. I hear Dinarizade, Sister, sister, if you are yet awake, I pray you finish the story of the young king of the Black Islands. Scheherazade replies, If my lord, the sultan, will suffer me to live another day, sister, I will not only finish that, but tell you a more wonderful story yet. Then the gracious sultan goes out, giving no orders for the execution, and we all three breathe again. At this height of my tree, I begin to see cowering among the leaves. It may be born of turkey, or of pudding, or mince pie, or of these many fancies jumbled with Robinson Crusoe on his desert island, Philip Quarrel among the monkeys, Sanford and Merton with Mr. Barlow, Mother Bunch, and the mask, or it may be the result of indigestion, assisted by imagination and over-doctoring a prodigious nightmare. It is so exceedingly indistinct that I don't know why it's frightful, but I know it is. I can only make out that it is an immense array of shapeless things, which appear to be planted on a vast exaggeration of the lazy tongs that used to bear the toy soldiers, and to be slowly coming close to my eyes, and receding to an immeasurable distance. When it comes closest, it is worse. In connection with it, I descry remembrances of winter nights incredibly long, of being sent early to bed, as punishment for some small offense, and waking in two hours with a sensation of having been asleep two nights, of the laden hopelessness of morning ever dawning, and the oppression of a weight of remorse. And now I see a wonderful row of little lights rise smoothly out of the ground before a vast green curtain. Now, a bell rings, a magic bell, which still sounds in my ears unlike all other bells, and music plays amidst a buzz of voices and a fragrant smell of orange peel and oil. Anon, the magic bell commands the music to cease, and the great green curtain rolls itself up majestically, and the play begins. The devoted dog of Montegris avenges the death of his master, foully murdered in the forest of Bondi, and a humorous peasant with a red nose and a very little hat, whom I take from this hour forth to my bosom as a friend. I think he was a waiter or an hostler at a village inn, but many years have passed since, and I have met remarks that the sagacity of that dog is indeed surprising, and evermore this jocular conceit will live in my remembrance fresh and unfading, overtopping all possible jokes unto the end of time. Or now, I learn with bitter tears how poor Jane Shore, dressed all in white, 
with her brown hair hanging down, went starving through the streets, or how George Barnwell killed the worthiest uncle that ever man had, and was afterwards so sorry for it that he ought to have been let off. Comes swift to comfort me, the pantomime stupendous phenomenon, when clowns are shot from loaded mortars into the great chandelier, bright constellation that it is, when harlequins, covered all over with scales of pure gold, twist and sparkle like amazing fish, when Pantaloon, who I deem it no irreverence to compare in my own mind to my grandfather, puts red-hot pokers in his pocket and cries, Here's somebody coming! Or taxes the clown with petty larceny by saying, Now I sawed you do it! When everything is capable, with the greatest ease, of being changed into anything, and nothing is, but thinking makes it so. Now, too, I perceive my first experience of the dreary sensation, often to return in the afterlife of being unable, next day, to get back to the dull, settled world of wanting to live forever in the bright atmosphere I have quitted, of doting on the little fairy with the wand like a celestial barber's pole, and pining for a fairy immortality along with her. Ah, she comes back in many shapes as my eye wanders down the branches of my Christmas tree, and she goes as often and has never yet stayed with me.